Relief. Coming in in five, four, three. No, you're supposed to say it oh. out loud. <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> this is literally this is literally the Wayne's World bit. I love it so much. Oh my god, I'm so glad we're recording this. Right, let's try that again. One more time at the top. Okay. <laughs> Why? Uh, Mickey, you know the real travesty of winning time being uh, being short lived is uh not making it to like the Kobe years so that we could cast Rob uh Rob Palinka as Rob Lowe. <laughs> have, you, have you seen those two photos? <laughs> no. Uh Rob Lowe for the uninitiated. I'm sorry, Rob Palinka is the Lakers uh GM and he was uh, Kobe's former manager. Um if you guys have never seen a picture of them side by side, it just said McGee a photo of them side by side. Uh we we missed out. We missed out <laughs> with winning time. <laughs> no longer being with us uh, so we could see Rob Lowe with Rob Palinka. Oh, my God. They're, like, identical, dude. They're, like, identical. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, I literally thought that it was Rob Lowe on the left side of that picture. Right. And I was like, oh, shit, no, that is that's <laughs> right. Rob Palinka. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Is he a piece of shit? Because, uh, he, you know, he's, he's, I mean, depending on the Laker fan that you have. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. <laughs> he, he he rided the ship. He rided the ship this year. Okay. <laughs> so so I'm sorry, last year. Um, he, he got us. I did not expect us to get to the Western Conference Finals. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that was, no, that was an I impressive. Didn't, I didn't feat, watch much so. of the season last year, to be honest. Um, but we'll, we'll right. breeze past that. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I I only asked that because I that was one of the things I was thinking in in rewatching this, where I was like, man, I want to see older Rob Lowe. Uh, be this like villain again, you know? Like, right. He, he, he's such a fun villain in this movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to kind of talk about that too because I may be I may be coming to the defense of Robolo a little bit in this film. <laughs> but uh, top three losers, outcast McGee, hit me with it. Who do you got? Top three. Top three outcasts. Uh, a uh, number three. I went uh falling oh, down. This is an order. Wait, this is an order. Oh, I mean, wait. You said number three, so I'm not. I, I didn't list mine in order. Why would my, you my, list them in order? Why would you do top three and not list them in order? Because it's more of no no particular order, but these are the three that I would. I, I, oh, so, so if I got. I mean, if order. you're gonna, yeah, if you're a baby, you can't commit to an order. That's fine. <laughs> I go go. If you have no backbone, that. that's fine. But I got a back. I'm gonna say number three is falling down. Uh, my my, my, my Michael Wait, Douglas. Michael Douglas film. Yeah yeah. What what um. He's like, oh, an, like he's, him, him, like him oh, as you, a main character. He's oh, like I thought a, this was duos. I thought you said top three like losers out, like as far as like duos of the oh. character. You know what I mean? Like, like I thought you meant like a Michael Myers, Dana Carvey, like pairs I did, of losers. I did. I, my duos. Oh, hold on. Well, pause. Right, right. Duos was a sep. I said duos question mark losers outcast question mark. I thought those were two separate ideas, and you oh, said, "Yeah, no, let's that, do outcasts." I didn't, yeah, so yeah, I didn't I, think of duos oh, okay, okay, and outcasts. Yeah. I just thought of outcasts. All right, so let, right, let, let's just go with it then. I like that because I, I I did duos. I did top three loser outcast duos. That that works. So I'll 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 okay. forgive you for not putting them in order since you did the extra <laughs> credit of uh, doing duos and outcasts. Duos, yeah, yeah. I I got them in order, but I didn't do duos. So I got three okay. number three falling down. Michael Douglas. Okay, uh, I like that. I I think he's a uh, you know that like, you know he's a. Uh, 
sympathetic, maybe unsympathetic protagonist. <laughs> I just I love that he's the protagonist, of the, and then at the end of the movie, it's like, wait, no, I'm I'm the bad guy. Yeah, I'm the bad guy. Yeah, uh, uh, awesome movie. I, I do like falling down. Yeah, and then uh, number two, I had to do our boy, Doctor Rusty Venture. I think is. Yo! Is he, is he on? See, you could have did like Rusty and Jonas. Jonas, I thought, Jonas you know, Jr. I thought about it. I did actually think about it, but I, I just, I really just, uh, you know, Jonas. Jonas is such a badass. Yeah. JJ Jr. <laughs> and, and yeah. is a good foil for Rusty, yeah. but he, I mean, Rusty's the star of the show for sure. Right. I like um, that. And then, but I think that the my my number one pick makes up for my sin of not doing duos. Uh, because I picked an ensemble, which I think is the greatest ensemble of outcasts that has ever been put. Uh, okay, interesting. Together, it's it's always sunny. Always sunny has oh, got to be okay. Okay, just yeah. not a single likable person in right. the entire cast, and they mm-hmm. just nail it. I and they've been going so long, and it's still fucking good. Like, yeah, always sunny. I think is is the greatest like group of outcasts. I like always sunny. I, I got the first two what seasons. You, what you got? Um, what you got? My top three. Uh, okay. In no particular order. <laughs> number one. <laughs> number one. I went with Craig and Day Day or, or, or Craig and Smokey, depending on where you come in on the Friday franchise. Uh, I, you know, I'm a big fan of both of those two guys. Uh, number two, Jay and Silent Bob. If there, if there are ever two uh, metalhead stoners in the spirit yep, of this kind yep. of film um, that have like permeated popular culture, not only have Michael Myers and, and Dana Carvey, but you could also put Jay and Silent Bob up there. Um, oh, yeah. My third is going to be so obscure, and it's going to really kind of dictate our scheduling <laughs> coming up after this. But Claude Banks and Ray, uh, Ray Gibson from Life, that'll be Eddie Murphy and um, Martin Lawrence. I, 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 does Life mean anything to you? No. All right, so we're putting that on the schedule. All <laughs> right, sure. that's all right. Spoiler alert. So Claude Banks, Ray Gibson's my third. Um, what's up, guys? Welcome to Make Me Watch. We're a couple of failed filmmakers, but forever students of cinema on an eternal quest to watch more movies. I'm your host, Eric Elliott. Listen, I'm joined by my co-host, Party On McGee. What's up, Sean? How are you, brother? Party On, (laughs) Eric. I'm great. I'm I'm taking a taking a little uh, nostalgic trip back to the what 1992, the the early 90s. Did you catch it on its release? Is this? uh, You know, we'll talk about this a little later. But I'm curious. Did you you weren't right there with it? Is it uh, came out? I mean, not that I. I mean, you know. Without giving away too much of my exact age, I was a little bit young on in ninety two. Yeah, I was say, yeah, we were, I don't, right. I don't remember how old I was when I first watched it, but I do. Like I'm, I'm the youngest child of a, of a big family, so this right. was the kind of movie that got put on because I think it has a little bit of something for everyone, as we as we'll talk about later. Um. So yeah, I, I, I do not remember when the first time I caught this movie is because it has been so long. Well, the first time I caught it was uh earlier this week and i can't wait to talk about it so as you've heard we got the uh, breakdown of uh, wayne's world on today's show we'll get some general uh, thoughts up top with some spoilers to follow as we dig into the film's plot performance and our favorite behind the scenes stories and we'll wrap up at the end of the show with what sean's making me watch next week all right without further ado let's party on let's get into our breakdown of 1992's wayne's world after this I see a little silhouette of a man. Scaramouche, Scaramouche, will you do the fandango? Wings Road, Wings Road, party time, excellent. Broadcast history is about to be made. We're not worthy. He has a book, and the devil put aside for me, for me. Wings World. 
All right, so that was from the trailer of 1992's Wayne's World, directed by Penelope Spheres, shot by Theo Von DeSante, <laughs> written by Mike Myers, Bonnie and Terry Turner, starring Myers, Dana Carvey, Rob Lowe, and Tia Carrera. Uh, this is the film that Sean chose for me to watch this week. I'm your host, Eric Elliott. I'm joined by my co-host, Sean McGee. Sean, why'd you make me watch this? Honestly, this, this week I kind of wanted, wanted something light, something easy. Um... We, we talked off with what we were <laughs> with the light, with the lightness and the shortness of the of the episode. Like, let's get some light and breezy in here, so we don't have any more like three hour long <laughs> breakdowns. Yeah, well, okay, so you, I guess you know, peek behind the curtain. We we've we did a few. Uh, we've we've this is what episode seven that we've recorded eight seven. Yeah, it may not come out in that order, but yeah, no, we've, no, yeah, we've but some episodes, yeah. but yeah, we we've had some 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 pretty long um, episodes as we've narrowed down our form here and tried to figure out exactly the format of the show, um, and and this and also the 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 things that we tend to talk about, I think, on this show, like we we we're we pick a lot of things where we're trying to find things that the other person hasn't hasn't watched so it tends mm-hmm. to be a little bit more esoteric and right I, I i didn't want it i wanted to establish this one as as a little bit more of a uh like a nod to our like comedy uh you yeah. know we like we like to discuss like <laughs> comedy and, and we right. talked about we we've bonded over stand up over the years right um, so but also just to I. establish Exactly. I, I wanted to because we we in the lead up episodes of the show we've we've done uh, Nights of Cabiria and After Hours and and Andromeda Strain and you know some of these like stranger picks. I I wanted to pick something maybe a little more mainstream, a little closer to my heart. And also, this is probably one of the other reasons I'm picking it is this is probably up there with one of the movies uh, that I have seen the most times in my life, just because of how much I watched it as a kid. Like yeah. it, it, it is just a com- one of those comfort movies that yeah. uh, that is just easy to throw on. I know every single line. Like I don't even you know I can I can watch it on mute and and right. still know everything that's happening. Or the but you know vice versa. I could I could never look at the screen and and know exactly what's going on. Like it's just one of those movies for me. And so it it'll be fun to talk about with you. And I'm I'm excited to see what your reaction is to it. Uh, you know as a as a grown man seeing this for the first time, <laughs> uh, if if it still hits, if it's aged well. Yeah. Uh, I kind of really like what you said about you know this being one of the films that you had on repeat as a, as a child because I think that's still um, in practice today. I'm not a parent myself, but you know I, I talk you know I'm related to some you know my cousins have kids and, and you yeah. know you you hear that a lot from parents of like my kid only wants to watch you know Ice Age you know <laughs> 3600 <laughs> times like yeah. that's the only thing he he'll put on. Um, I definitely had those films as a kid, and it sounds like you did too. To where there's just what for whatever reason this film you know caught something or captured something about your interest and you, you, you're not settled or you're not uh, satisfied until uh, you've watched it you know agnosium so yeah I'm glad to kind of hear that about this film uh my reaction was one more of admiration than um uh, outright you know side splitting like laughter you know what i mean like i I, personally i've never really been a a fan of like broad comedies it's just my my taste um 
my tastes comedically kind of skew a little darker, a little bit more cerebral. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit and more we, like we, dry We bond humor, over our, right? our yeah. like, really dark stuff that right. we like. And without <laughs> exactly. going into like the needlessly edgy, just like right, ride, right. riding not, that not, line. Not like edgelord type shit, but you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like I yeah. definitely like, like you know, I'll, um, yeah, dark humor is, is kind of more my bag. But um, so like like we talked about Airplane and Blazing Saddles. Oh, well, I do appreciate and admire. And there's definitely some bits that, that, I, that I laugh at. Um, you know, they, they just haven't really always worked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, what I appreciate and what I love is Myers is one of those few, uh, you know, comedic actors of the 90s. And, and if there's a triptych of, uh, of, you know, the three big figureheads of this, how do you feel about Sandler, Myers and... Um, Farley and, uh, and no 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 uh, Carrie Farley didn't have as long as a career. and I'm gonna bring up Farley here a little later but a uh, Carrie uh, Jim Carrey okay. it's it sort of okay. like you know what I mean like the like the three that were this mm. like they kind of just like ran shit in the nineties <laughs> like, like, like those are the uh, comedic white dudes uh, that were commanding the biggest checks yeah, um, yeah and and so they were unavoidable to an extent you know what I mean like I can't I, I probably came aware of Myers during Austin Powers during that run and. Mm-hmm. Like I like I've Austin Powers. Uh, the second one is is in my opinion one of one of the mas- silent masterpieces of the nineties. You know, nineties. Oh comedy wow, scene. that's a fun. Uh, oh, that's God, a fun I take. Just, yeah, I love. Like, there's so many things he does in there. Um, as uh, as his portrayal of Doctor Evil, uh, who I think is based, based on Lauren Michaels, who's who's the uh, head of SNL and in a big Which, part of the. Is a, a, the Dana DNA Carvey. in this is well? Oh, no, you're gonna say uh, something. Else. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rob Lowe in this movie is is taking is doing huge Lauren Michaels vibes. Is like, he doing a little bit of a Lauren Michael thing? Yeah, I mean, with he's like you know as the like sleazy right. producer, right. Uh, like oh I'm I'm you know I'm running the show in Chicago. Let me give you right. my card, like. Uh, I, I, it, it is funny. To, that's one of the takes that I had from this movie, uh, or from rewatching this movie for the for the podcast, where I was like, "It's so funny." I never like realized how small time Rob Lowe's character really is. Oh, he, yeah. he acts like Lauren Michaels, even though he's like right. still basically programming right. like local access, he's like a small exec in like a small pond. In yeah, his, you know, he's Chicago. like he's like literally Not like, like a just large WGN <laughs> commercials for like right. you know com- like his biggest thing is like picking who's like the the ad breaks during Cubs games, right? And so and he's acting to, uh, like this big time, yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, so it, it, I thought that was interesting to. to I, I do think that their relationship, you know, obviously they meet on this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's in the Austin Powers movies too, Rob Lowe. Yeah. So number two. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And you know what? I, the other reason why I think I was, I was a um, slightly lukewarm on this is the, the films of this elk that I'm a bigger fan of. I feel like a little bit more punk rock, a little bit more true to like metalheads or what they're, what yeah, they're like, yeah. at least that I appreciate. Like, you know, obviously I'm a huge fan. I, I love clerks. You know what I mean? Um, and not that, 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 that uh, Kev Smith is going to, be the most you know sophisticated uh craftsman but he has a lot to say and he kind of captured i feel like that early 90s zeitgeist of what early jersey metalheads were kind of like okay. uh, in vain of that too uh detroit rock city i'm not sure if you've ever seen that with uh, edward ed furlong do you remember that one uh um, i didn't i didn't really i i, I, I like, caught it i mean i caught it real young and it, it yeah, just didn't it, it didn't ring true with me Oh really? See, I don't uh, know any of you guys like that. <laughs> I don't know you guys from a can of paint like that. To be honest, but I, I think that I, you know what's one I, one that I guarantee isn't on your radar is SLC Punk. Never seen it. Uh, SLC Punk was like Matthew Lillard 
and um what's his name uh i worked with him once um jimmy jimmy devore i think his name is what would he have been in that I, that I would have? Jimmy DeVore, he was Frank the Bunny in Donnie Darko. Uh, he's oh, also, really? I do. He's also Wait, the opposite kid. of Gyllenhaal? Or? He's the guy, he's the kid who like is in the bunny suit. You barely see his face uh, in the movie, uh, but he's mm. in, like, in, you know. Uh, but uh, he's also the, 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 the like, he's plays uh, with uh, fucking Randy Quaid in, in Independence Day. He's the, the kid with the the little the side part in Independence Day. You know what I'm talking about, right? Um the kid that I remember was uh Will Smith's son. Who wait, did Goldberg uh, or Goldblum did he have a um no, hit a kid? No, 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 not so in the there's a little like side plot with with Randy Quaid in the trailer or whatever and there's a, there's a kid that's always with him in those scenes. Uh that's like I, I don't think it's his kid or whatever. But whatever. Right. It, uh Jimmy Dwork fucking rules. Um I worked with him on a movie, uh, like one of my like first fucking couple months on in L.A. and uh, uh-huh. he was he was an absolute uh, bro. He like helped uh, the grips load the truck and shit. Smoked bowls with us. Oh, nice guy. Absolute absolute pro. Uh, yeah, so those films kind of felt a little bit more punk rock to me. Like I said, Clerks and Detroit Rock City. Like this one is is a little yeah. bit more slightly oh, yeah. homogenized, like a, a bit more you know milk there, toast. So there's are uh, there are more punk rock movies, and they they obviously right. they brought in uh, Penelope Sears, the director, uh, right. to try and bring in a little bit more of that yeah, punk uh, rock aesthetic. From her and, music video background, yeah, and, yeah. Her, so and she yes. did she did uh, documentaries, uh, uh, the decline of Western civilization. Right. Uh and part part one was in the seventies and it was more about like punk and then part two was uh just a couple years prior to this. It's like I think like eighty eight, eighty nine. Uh and it was uh about like the kind of late eighties metal, like hair metal. And, uh, and I'm assuming it, that's how she got the job, right? I yeah, that is that is how she got the job. I actually watched it uh this week. Did you really? Uh, just, yeah, just just for the podcast basically because I had never yeah, watched yeah. it before. Uh it it, it it's funny because I really expected it. This movie is so kind of weirdly wholesome. Like you know, obviously mm-hmm. it has its like cheap jokes, uh, mm-hmm. and like you know, requisite nineties humor. Right. But I I think it's aged pretty well. Like it's not it's never very like mean spirited. No. Yeah. Okay, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna maybe dig into some of that. Music. Okay, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get, we'll dig into that. Um, okay. But I, I, th- I think that it, 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 for the most part, has aged particularly well as opposed to some mm-hmm. other '90s comedies it, it, mm-hmm. it, with some of that humor. And I never like comprehended growing up that it was a, a movie directed by a woman, even though you know I had watched it so many times. Oh, okay. I, I never really paid attention to the credits as a kid because I wasn't right. really. Oh that yeah, in. yeah. Who, who does? Is it yeah. I mean, unless you're like born in Hollywood, you know, like like you're. You know, yeah, exactly. Well, I, like yeah. I just like filmmaking wasn't a a, a deep seated right. dream of mine when I was yeah. like eight years old or whatever. So I wasn't like thinking about the credits or anything like that. So I never never really comprehended that this was a, a movie directed by a woman or that that was even particularly strange. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of when I learned that as I got, you know, older or whatever, I kind of attributed some of the, I'm like, oh, maybe that's part of why this movie kind of stuck out to me mm-hmm. as like, uh, maybe a different perspective. It's a little bit right. more like universal. It's a little bit like you, nicer. You like, and then, but then I watched like this- <laughs> No, I was gonna say rewatching it this time, yeah, yeah. and then watching her documentary work. I was like, no, I don't think that's actually what happened. Right. Like cause the, I mean, the documentaries that 
it, like they do not hide the sleaze at all. Like they they get yeah. into the like how like sexist and weird right. all the bands are about everything. It seems like all the tropes are. are she's played all the hits. In, in she, this and, one too, and, you know yeah, like literally in the in the doc, like they they she shoots the interview. I think she's just basically letting the the you know she has access to these like really big bands and then she's also shooting with these like really like up and coming bands that never fucking make it anywhere and it's it, she's okay. like really talented filmmaker and documentary and like i don't, I don't want to i'm not taking anything away from her talent yeah like, the, yeah absolutely. the documentary is great and she she does really interesting things where she's talking to like aerosmith and alice cooper and like these really big names about right. their place in the the thing and then she's talking right. to people that have like just hit success and then she's talking to bands that are just desperately trying to hit something right right and, and the editing is so sharp and so so talented mm-hmm. but it's so sleazy and she never shies away from like how fucking just these guys are just absolutely committing crimes constantly right. uh and it's never glorifies it but she's there's like literally a, a well i mean it kind of does glorify it too like you know she's she's not a really the reason she, people want to be rock stars you know and, I mean? and, and, and yeah and it, it, it does glorify it to, to some to some means and she's she lets the the lead singer kiss like his entire interview is him he's laying in bed with three wait who gene or Gene no, not not Gene. The whoever the lead singer. I think it's Paul okay. or whatever Paul, his okay. fucking Peter name is. Or something like that. Yeah. yeah uh, but he uh, he's in bed with three women who are just like like pawing at him the whole time, and yes. it's shot like you know like high angle top down, so he can like have all three of them in frame at the same time. And it, it, I mean, it's just like cartoonish. Like they obviously set it up for the interview, mm-hmm. and she's letting them do that to like bring out each of their personalities um, without like casting judgment on it at all. But yeah, it was. I went through that phase of being like, oh, is this, did she bring this different perspective to this movie? And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, no, I, I really do think, like, I mean, some of the editing choices that I'll talk about later, I think she definitely brought into it because she's got a really sharp eye. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the the music and the rawness. And I, I think the, the way that uh, Cassandra and, and Tia Carrera, like, gets legitimacy uh in this movie is a lot of the way she helps it so much with the way that she shot because of her like music uh documentary background that mm. it, it's it's cool i like that a lot uh well uh all that said like when was the last time you you watched this mcgee oh i and this was probably like a lockdown comfort movie for me to, I, I can't remember exactly um it's been at least a few years it's not like a yearly appointment visit or anything but i wouldn't be you surprised know what I, find? I wouldn't be surprised it, if i threw this on at some point at lockdown I, I find it's interesting some of those movies that you know we were talking about watching uh, multiple times as a kid, or you just you know watching over and over and over and over. Uh, I don't watch them nearly as much, or if, if at all today. They still mean a whole lot, but I yeah. can't say like I've, yeah. I've seen like like I don't know if I ever need to see The Lion King again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, yeah. Like, if I've for watched sure. it, uh, I can't even tell you how many times. Uh, would you ever press play, press play on this again? Uh, you know, I doubt it. A bit, to be honest with you, I did watch both this week, uh, and, and I the, do admire that's it a the lot. that's the more interesting. I think that that says enough about not necessarily that you would watch it again, but that you right. watched the sequel immediately afterwards. <laughs> that, it, that, right. You know, that says enough that you you obviously didn't hate this movie if you were like, right, well, let me, let me exactly. check out too. Yeah, I was a little lukewarm, but I did want to. Uh, I did kind of want to continue. You know, with these because they're they're so iconic. These two characters. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'll get into. I'll get into that later on in, in the episode, but uh, what I will do, I can definitely see myself doing is, you know, after like 
Because I've seen certain clips of this film before. Like, you, there's no passing uh, the Bohemian Rhapsody scene. You know what I mean? Like, you, you're yeah. going to come across that at some point if you're, you know, uh, interested in film at all. So, uh, that's been one of the, um, you know, it was a pleasure to kind of see that scene now, you know, how the entire flow of this movie happens and where that kind of fits in with it. So, uh, I'll definitely throw that up on YouTube, you know, just. Uh, let me just fire that up on a you know Tuesday evening. Or something like that. You know I mean, like I, I'm I'm glad that you brought up that scene because that that's the scene that I think I relate to most in this film. Yeah, it, you know, driving around. I think that that captures the like suburban Midwestern experience, and I I think yeah. it it's probably un- more universal than that. It, even that's what I was gonna bring up about it. Yeah, it is, it's a universal experience. Just for yeah, teenagers, teenagers yeah, yeah. cruising in a car, yeah, jamming yeah. to music, getting into right. shit. Right. I, the uh, I I think my favorite part about rewatching it and, and rewatching that montage is uh, all of the shots of the shops in and around Chicago and and Aurora and and they do all that mm. that like it's it's the fucking uh, it's uh, it's the same montage from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Right? I was gonna bring that up. It's the that, same thing Tarantino be... does with the the seventies right. Hollywood Absolutely. shots. Absolutely, um, it's so funny rewatching that now and and seeing that scene shot in the time period that it's shot in, and mm-hmm. as opposed to a time, you know, you I you, I could show you this movie and say like, oh, this is a this is a, like a two thousand three movie. Mm-hmm. That is right. set in the '90s, and it's like nostalgic about the '90s, and you wouldn't bat an eye; like you would absolutely believe it, right? Uh, just because it it does like kind of uh, have a very warm uh, way that it is depicting the the neighborhood and the right. the, the setting, idealistic. Like you kind of um, that's the way I would have looked. I was going to bring this up later on in the episode, but that's uh, totally why I picked that uh, certain sequence or scene for for. Uh, and a segment of the show that we have going on later uh but it, it's because of that very same feeling like you were saying just driving around you know you, you just you're with your friends you're in the car you have the music yeah. playing and you kind of remember these landmarks around your neighborhood that would guide you on home or, or where mm-hmm. you would be in a certain area like uh the pomona fish fry I, I grew up in um a suburb outside of los angeles and uh, uh pomona fish fry was one of those intricate like bill not billboards but those um those uh Oh, what do you call those signage, those you know, those really intricate signage that would kind of those like late yeah, signage, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that take place. So I love uh, the mechanic. Like I feel like the, every neighborhood has a we- a mechanic that has some weird, overly elaborate right, thing right. out front. Like the, that Absolutely. one had the car on all the spikes. I remember all the, I love that shot too. And that's kind of how you would see it. You would experience it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, yeah. Like, it's shot. It's shot it's like turns. from a basically right. like you're driving in the car. Like you know exactly right. the perspective. And so when you brought up the uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that's the sequence too kind of mirrors that of like how mm-hmm. you would experience the signage as, mm-hmm. as you were driving along so um yeah love that scene love that sequence that's probably the most uh, relatable um bit in the film to me as, as i was gonna say is that the one that you have the most yeah. you relate to the most too absolutely yeah yeah so if there's a moment in my life it, it's it's that that you know um but also just trying to partner up with like light-minded creatives and start something. So I really kind of appreciated this just low budget, um, uh, public access television show. Yeah. Just kind of creating out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Just, just the, uh, the hype between the two of them, just putting the battery in each other's backs and kind of just going for it. Um, that that's been a, a a staple in my life, you know, since, since, uh, since teenagers too. So yeah, you know, that's, um, that's how I kind of relate to this film. Hell yeah. Yeah. We you, you kind of alluded to it already, but why do you think yeah. uh, this missed you before now? Why why have you, why are you just catching this for the first time? 
like I said, I just was never really into broad comedies of like the eighties and nineties. So you know, I'm gonna real show my ass right here. But like you know, like not I'm not really a huge fan of like National Lampoon anything. Do you know what I mean? Like I, there's mm. definitely things I appreciate about it, but I can't say I'm I'm the biggest like yeah broad comedy kind of guy. Um, I, I've never like. But but there there will be certain pockets of those films that I do like. So if we're taking like uh, SNL and, and Sandler's run in the '90s, like I I did love you know like Happy Gilmore or Billy Madison or something like that. Like as, as a kid, like mm. that totally worked for me. I don't I don't, I don't know why. <laughs> like the water bottle. I, I mean, because you were the right age when those right, came out. Right, I was right? Like, you, know you know what I mean. Um, similar you're a little to bit more powers. receptive. Yeah. Right, right, right. So um, some of those will definitely work for me if we if we go back. It'll be know, it'll history. be interesting for going back because I know we have Fletch on the list. We've yeah, about. exactly. Yeah, so I'm, I'm uh, like I'm not sure that's it. Like I, I don't laugh out loud. Like it, it's not what hits my funny bone, but like I said, I, I'll appreciate it. Um, particularly what Myers did here as a deconstruction of comedy and his approach to deconstruction. Period, and that's SNL's kind of philosophy too. We're gonna parody something. We're gonna break something down. We're gonna uh, really kind of get into the, uh, the the weeds of something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his mind, he takes some of these things that we, you know, these uh, techniques that we would take for granted in filmmaking and deconstructs them in really, really funny ways. So I'm, I'm looking forward to exploring some of that. Contractor, no, I will not bow to any sponsor. Hi, Sean here. This is an ad break, or rather it would be if we had advertisers. Personally, I worked in advertising for almost a decade, and I'm in no rush to sell dick pills or subscription boxes. But if you want to support our fledgling podcast, there are better ways to support us at the moment. Follow us on your podcast service of choice. Leave us a nice review. Find us on social media at Make Me Watch Podcast. You know how this goes. At this point, though, in my opinion, the most important thing that you could do to help us out is to send an episode to a friend that you think might like it. Maybe send it to someone that you want an excuse to talk to more. Help us turn this into a little community. Give us feedback, you know. And if you really want to send us money, we do have a Patreon. All right, let's get back to the episode. All right, so you, I mean, you already you already answered the question for this one, but the yeah. scene that you'd show somebody as the as the pitch. No question. So other Bohemian other Rhapsody. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the one you got to go with. I because that that's. Uh, I'm interested to talk a little bit about you, Penelope and Myers' um, dynamic on set because I hear that's a problem. <laughs> that, that was an issue, and why she didn't return for the second film. Uh, they yeah. really kind of butted heads along this. And I don't know that uh, Myers was pretty steadfast in wanting to put Bohemian Rhapsody in this film, and, and that's the song he wanted to sing along to. Yeah, um, which is I, and fucking uh, Dana Carvey like didn't know the words. That's why that bit where he mouths. Oh, is that uh, right? I didn't yeah, know that. I didn't read that. that. He, he legit, like, that was not scripted. He legit just did not memorize the lyrics as well as he thought he did. And so <laughs> there was a shot of him going, hey, me, 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 me. <laughs> and that's what they used in the edit, which is, again, like, the genius of Penelope, uh, like, cutting things right. in the edit. Uh, and, and, like, and also, I, I think the, the um, I want to credit, you know, Myers with the dedication just the vision like uh, no, oh absolutely because you know they, uh, they wanted a cave like they were just like no we'll, we'll I, what's I wild is this what, was a deep lauren cut. michaels wanted something else lauren lauren was champion for something else and and snl was wanting to champion for i think paramount not Par- was this paramount or columbia uh paramount i believe uh they wanted another song too one of those more popular for the time but he really yeah was, and, was and like, that I, that's the part that song. i i didn't i didn't know about the fight for it but i did i mm-hmm. i didn't love that uh that this was like a deep cut track uh, in the public perception before, like this is 
Right. This, this, you know, this song charted. He reignited their career. With yeah, this. It, you know I, I mean, Queen, Queen was fucking. That's true. All, you know, it, Queen's huge. Queen, back. let yeah, me pull the, that. Let me pull yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it, it <laughs> did. This song charted because of Wayne's World. Like, right. no doubt. Like this, this was a deep cut. Like what nine Absolutely. minute long track or whatever, Absolutely. and then, uh, you know, ended up being a, a a single for them, which is wild. Um. Did you have a scene? Which scene would you show someone? If it's I not mean, this one. If it's if it's not this one, if you wanted to do something a little... I mean, I think the Alice Cooper backstage bit works is, is okay. pretty funny uh, right. and is like a good little window into the character. Right. Uh, I mean, even the... even I mean, That joke's you, a little old hat to me, though. The the this 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 uh lonely unexpecting person knows more about X subject than you thought. Like it, it, that I could out of out of that happens in black comedies too. <laughs> like a, like a lot like how high has that exact same yeah. thing where, where meth meth just knows uh, this thing about uh, yeah, but this, gardening this... out of out of nowhere. It's just it, it's an old. They do that too in Wayne's World too. It's an old bit. It's an old uh, bit. They reuse a lot of bits in Wayne's World yeah. too. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they they do a lot of good stuff in that movie, but they also reuse right. a lot of bits. And that's honestly one of the things that it, it's tough to judge this movie. I, I was interested to hear from you, right. having not seen it, and now that you have seen it, I guess uh, it, you know you'll understand what I'm getting at instead. Mm-hmm. But uh, some of those things that they rehashed in the second movie, like how well did they work for you the first time like like you know what i'm do you, I know what you, you see what i'm getting at like because some of that stuff for me feels like those jokes don't land for me anymore because yeah, i'm right of the repetition right. um and so I'm, I'm curious if they landed better for you in the first movie uh before mm, yeah. you they, they uh, and, and if i'm if i'm being totally honest a, a lot didn't even land all that well with me on this on this viewing in the way that where it made me laugh you know what i mean like i, I might have, oh that's kind of funny or i more admired it i'll tell you the uh, we're, we're gonna get into our favorite line or like one line that you thought the one that absolutely did laugh <laughs> out loud was uh the the exchange between rob lowe uh, uh brian doyle uh, murray and kurt fuller they're the executives at the table where he goes he's like he's trying to champion his producer and he goes <laughs> you know he's a producer of after Af- african-american digest <laughs> I've never heard of that one. It's on very, but it's like Rob Lowe's like, like Rob Lowe's smile. He's like, it's on very late. It's on very late. <laughs> that's that's the line that I love in that exchange is the, yeah, the producer defending awards. himself. Goes, it won several awards. <laughs> like he's so he's so proud of it. God, that made me fucking laugh. Uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I love that. That, that was. was I thought that that was gonna be. Uh, I thought that that was gonna be your title for me. Uh, this All episode. Right. <laughs> I was gonna go quick on this one. I just want to go party on. But yeah, I could have used that. I, I thought that you were I, when you were gonna give me a nickname this episode. I thought it was gonna be that I produced uh, a, a very late American. night African American studies died. documentary or whatever the fuck. Dude, that's so much more creative than what I came up with. I like that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no question. That's that's the funniest line in the film for me. That's the one that made oh, me laugh I, I thought. Uh, I mean, Ed O'Neill. Every line that Ed O'Neill. I love has, Ed, I, it. I do love his too. I do it, love his too. The, it, the three the three times that we get to cut to him, I think he right. makes me laugh every fucking time. He's so funny <laughs> when he when the the, the guy right. is talking about getting the pink slip. He's like, you know what it makes me want to do. He goes in the long tirade. And he's right. like, I was just gonna file agreements right. with the union, and then Ed O'Neill just goes, the well, world's the a, world's twisted, a twisted place. place. <laughs> I fucking, I you know, 
his whole monologue there is amazing, but his his smile when he says the world's a twisted place is the worst fucking thing that you could. Oh, I love it so much. He's so funny. Oh, uh, the the like line that. that I say to myself all the time, it's not necessarily uh, the funniest line, but like it's the one off joke that just sticks in my head. Uh, it's the shitty Beatles when when they're 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 getting to the first club and he's asking what bands are playing and he gets, says the shitty oh, Beatles and, and he goes, outside. "Hey Tiny, who's playing today? Jolly Green Giants, Shitty Beatles. The Shitty Beatles are they any good? They suck. But it's not just a clever name. <laughs> it's so good. It's so <laughs> stupid, but it, it gets me every time. I laugh every fucking time." <laughs> Uh, I okay so let I, we talked a little bit about like you know scenes and jokes that worked for you and you alluded to some what some jokes that didn't land I guess what broadly I want to hear more about what didn't work for you or I'm, any I'm or specific, broadly or specifically I don't care Yeah I I'm just going to give you one it's it's a uh, Roblo eating the pizza full stop in a satin sheet bed full stop <laughs> with a baddie who misses Shaky's pizza full stop <laughs> He only nibbles at the corner of this slice before he puts it back full stop. I don't, I don't, I don't understand anything about that scene at all. Like it, it makes no sense to me. One with a body like Rob Lowe, you're not eating pizza. You're not even exactly. shaking pizza. You know what I mean? He ordered bed. that for her. She was like, "I want pizza." Like, and he was like, "Okay." Missing. There's no way she. There's no way she down four pieces right there. Did you see how mm. large that slice was that, that was mm. in, in Rob Lowe's hand? And he's nibbling at the corner of it. It's just all, all of that rage. I hate it. I'm saying those, those, those. Yeah, those skinny girls stay out drinking somehow <laughs> and they need fuel uh yeah that, that annoyed bothered me sean you got one? Oh, i don't i don't i don't blame you at all uh, i mean i i have seen this movie so many times I, I forgive it uh honestly the what the annoyed like jealous boyfriend bit i think is what works for me the least in the movie yeah like when yeah. It, where he suddenly you know he suddenly turns and becomes a shitty boyfriend right uh, and like just goes on these like weird jealous rants uh it just it's it's what the movie needs him to do so that they can have this breakup so they can get back together like I, I, the whole movie's like basically falls apart in the second half uh which it it like kind of i mean it 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 acknowledges and doesn't care about like i mean the ending is literally them just being like i don't know it's over i guess uh go home right uh so yeah. it, here's like six sketches really quick <laughs> yeah i mean the whole it, it lauren uh talks in one of the interviews that we talked about it, he talks about the movie being modular uh he like wanted to be able to cut out any scene that didn't work mm -hmm. in because they were mm -hmm. shooting they had like a 34 day schedule right. uh dana carvey like flew back to do basically was on the plane in makeup from the last scene of wayne's world Mm -hmm. And was flying back, got off the plane, and was shooting the first episode of that season of SNL. Like oh, that's wow. how that's how tight the the shooting right, schedule, the schedule was. Wow. So the, the the whole thing was designed that they could cut out any scene, and it wouldn't really matter to the plot. Uh, <laughs> right, and some of it feels like that, you know. Like, like I said, it, this is an SNL. You know, the, yeah. the DNA of SNL is here, so a lot of it kind of feels like sketch comedy in certain places. Yeah. It doesn't all tie together, and, but it's um, it, it's it's Mike Myers' I, first feature. Like, it's it's his first time doing a, a movie instead of uh, television, and, and it was a, it was a cultural success. You know what I mean? Like, it you know it was a uh, it was a yeah. moment. You know what I mean? uh, a Wait, massive a success. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, it was a moment for sure. There's only one other thing that bothered me, like just because Myers and Carvey look like they're 34, and not like 17. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> when they keep Carvey calling them especially, kids, I mean, yeah, yeah. So they keep calling them like kids or like, yeah. you know, do, do, do the kids get both it? of their like necks. Like, they're the necks don't yeah. lie. 
Yeah. That was a little, that was a little tough. Yeah. You're not <laughs> wrong. <laughs> it's it, especially, I think, uh, probably more more straining in the sequel uh, after yeah. a few years. It, but it, even in this one, uh, yeah, the, them next don't lie. Sorry, sorry, boys. Uh, did you catch anything in this viewing that you had noticed before, McGee? Um, I liked I I you know I love the Kubrick stare as the house catches fire. Uh, the the mm. shot of the flames going up at the at the very end that he does he does in the, the three quarter like he's a, in the three quarter um he like, I, it's like the head and shorter three quarter shot of the flames kind of going over him yeah 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 and he does the he does the forehead down looking up that's interesting uh, I, didn't, I didn't I didn't think Kubrick when I saw that that's really interesting I like that I mean because yeah, yeah they're, they're like, doing the, the, uh, obviously the, the Gone with uh, the Wind yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. exactly um. Uh, oh, the other the other thing I noticed this time, uh, you know, there's the joke in the beginning with Garth going to his car to get the like big elaborate stun gun, and then was that, mission- <laughs> was that a reference to something? I didn't. I, didn't I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, it's oh, just okay. like him being him using his wits, right. his wits uh, and gizmos and in, yeah. instead okay. to fight instead of gotcha. uh, physical strength. Yeah. One of those bits. Um, I I think. Uh, but them using the Mission Impossible. Uh, music in that one it just dawned on me on this watching that this movie predates the tom cruise mission impossible that they're actually referencing mm. the 60s tv show uh, wow. so it's even more of a dated fucking reference because then the tom cruise movie does not exist it's from 96 so is this and, one older or is the lassie reference older lassie's ooh, 50s right? lassie's 50s but lassie's a, i mean a pretty big cultural icon I, I don't think. Do you think I, anybody like kids today? I mean, are, are, oh, this segues so much into our next question. Can I just can I just get us there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, if we were to take this uh, film into the uh, Grover Cleveland's presidential time machine <laughs> into the year of a, uh, I want to say like twenty twenty two, I wonder how this plays today. Do you know what I mean? Like like Myers career rise is, is really yeah. interesting you know what i mean like he after the love guru kind of disappears he, he was on t- he was on the top of the world and then just mm-hmm. that film just doesn't doesn't work at all so if you if you were to play this today does it still catch fire in the way that it, it did in 92 or is it so Ooh. much of a like of its time and characters of its time that it, it wouldn't it wouldn't work today i i, I mean it never I, it, came out in 92 it comes out in 2022 is it still set in the 90s yeah. like, does anyone get the lights of the, uh, the uh, lights of the uh, lassie reference does any kid understand what's going on when the dog comes yeah in there? i think the, i think the references would be you know it would be entirely rewritten it would be entirely a little bit more you know it, it is funny but I that's think, not that's not the question like it fit like in it in its totality in it how it is now it's oh, delivered. okay Boom! It, it's it's on mm. shields. We're opening up Wayne's World. I mean, it, it would be a mild. That's what's that's sad. That's sad to think. I mean, it would be a mild streaming, like nostalgic. You know, old farts would love it, and kids would be like, "I don't get it," and so it would, yeah. it would get a Catch modicum. It would get come get a modicum of success. I think the more interesting thing for me to if I'm if I'm putting this movie in a time machine, yeah, yeah. I I want to see this movie like okay, it, like this was a movie about the '90s made in the '90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it's it's made in '92, and it's very much about late '80s, '90s metal scene right. culture. Um, yeah. as, as you know, it branches out to a bunch of things, obviously. But I, I would love to see or think about what are the versions of this movies in other decades in other music scenes, like oh, going in, right, going right. into like yeah, '70s yeah. punk. Like right. yeah, like a version of this set in the '70s in the beginning of the punk scene. Right. Um, I mean, even as much as like, you know, Saturday Night Live is like disco or whatever, like, mm-hmm. um, 
or like yeah like what do you, what do you think what is what's uh i so uh interesting right now we're in the time this is the 50th year of hip-hop or 50th um uh hip-hop's 50th uh celebration um uh, so it's 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 been in the cultural zeitgeist. A lot of um, film um, sites of like Criterion has programmed an entire fifty years of hip hop cinema. And so I've been watching you know uh, some films of that from that time period of that that you know um, uh, and like wild style kind of. So I, I think it would be really interesting to kind of see like early like seventies like right before um, uh, you know Cool Herc's party and, and hip hop kind of like takes off in the way that it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, like kind of seeing what that early seventies um, four guys kind of like discovering you know this versioning kind of music uh, in this style that that are kind of putting on um, a um, not necessarily a public access TV show but maybe similar to like the Warriors like this or, or like do the right thing like the public access radio show uh, during that time I think it kind of be interesting if you were yeah, to, yeah 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 if you were to did you ever watch uh, the Get Down. That, uh, you know, like, I I watched the first because that was was it Baz Luhrmann. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I watched the first episode of that, and it I I kind of I'm not the biggest Baz Luhrmann fan. To oh be no, me neither. Like, he, he's to a little too. It's a little. It's a little much. You know I, mean? I agree. I agree. Yeah. So it's uh, I, yeah. I, I remember I, I stuck with it. Maybe I don't even know if I finished the first episode. I maybe stuck with it for like forty minutes or so, and I was just like, yeah. It's I watched a f- for me. I watched a few uh the I, I I think I watched a bit of the first season. Yeah. Um. On, and I do not like. I don't think I really like much of any of Baz Luhrmann's other work. Like, I was not a fan of Mulan. Well, well, Romeo and Juliet. You gotta. How do you feel about that? Were you? Uh... I mean, I remember watching it in high school and being like, right. "Yeah, okay." <laughs> uh, I I haven't revisited it since, so uh, you know, right. I don't. I, I just had my edgy like high school take on it. I so I, right. I don't. I don't really ha- can't give a fair opinion on it. Um, I I thought Great Gatsby was at, looked like absolute ass, and I could not sit through. Ne- I think never I watched, saw it. I didn't see. I, it. I mean, I I read the book in in high school or whatever. And we're talking about the Leo one, right? That was the Leo one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, uh, but yeah, I I I did not like Moulin Rouge. Um, did you watch Elvis? Did you see any of Elvis? No, I didn't. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I kind of was. I was out a little bit on Elvis. Yeah, I don't give a <laughs> shit about Elvis. I'll be honest. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, so I mean, that, that kinda... I, it's hard to watch any uh, musical biopics that aren't Walk Hard after Walk Hard. Like, and <laughs> I see, I just, I, I hear that a lot. You're, you're not the first person, you won't be the last person to say that. I love Walk Hard. I, I'm a so sucker much, for, though. yeah, I'm a sucker for biopics though. I, I do like, um, I, I like seeing a, a hero's journey, like a nice, simple. You, you've you seen know, Walk Hard, right? We've yeah, talked, yeah, okay, okay, yeah okay. wrong kid died. Yeah, wrong kid died. <laughs> Yeah. Let's take take it into our 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 judgment chamber here. The the priest, yeah, the beaut- the priest, a Buddhist, and a rabbi are, are talking about this film. How do they judge our main character? I'm gonna I'm gonna take this at uh, writ large and maybe say how they judge Myers and his approach to some of the humor in this film. I'm not sure. I love. The first thing we see of Tia Career coming off the stage is is her doing some some uh, karate <laughs> jiu-jitsu moves. It's pretty stupid, <laughs> you know. I'm not, I'm not, just the optics of that don't look great. Yeah. And then the, like it happens again in World in Wayne World Two with uh, James Wong, legendary so character yeah. actor James Wong. <laughs> you know, like we we bring in to do a kung fu fight, and it, it, it's this is the bit that I kind of struggle with because it's funny on the um, 
the deconstruction of it is funny. So we'll take the bit where Myers and Tia are on the rooftop and after just like a day of, of studying Cantonese, he, he's just like fluent and conversant yeah. in it. You know what I mean? Which is a funny bit because it, it, it's it's something that it it's one of those jokes that it goes on a little too long and so then it's not funny, but then it picks up being funny again for how long it's going. Yeah, you know which I mean? is a Mike like Myers staple. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like he just runs it to the ground and then it, it resurrects and becomes yeah, funny yeah, again. That, you know and he I mean? loves doing that. It's like, so it, watch me take this thing. Watch me bring right. it back to life. Is <laughs> Right. You know what I mean? So the thing with James Wong, like I said in the second one, we're never doing the second one. In this one, so spoilers if you haven't seen it. Sorry, but the the fight with James Wong to me is like like it, it, it kind of feels like ugh, I don't know if I love that. Yeah. Even now, you know what? this is gonna be a tangent. Sorry, real quick tangent. How did you feel about the fight between in Once Upon a Time and Once a uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with um uh the the Bruce Lee fight? Were you were you I, on your cackles a little bit like like because the the Asian community felt. Yeah, there's the AT. I I, 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 I think that they they had every right to to be upset about what they were upset about. I I didn't necessarily take it that way when I was watching it. Like I I was just kind of because I I I mean I I already couched it. Whatever. Like you know, when I was watching it, I wasn't. I was thinking like this is obviously a a fantasy. Like in the same way, you know, fucking Inglorious Bastards. Like you you just see a fucking Hitler's face get shredded. Like you know, this is this is full committed. We already know that going in. We didn't know that going into Inglorious Bastards. We know that going into this one that we're 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 alternate reality fantasy mode. So do you feel much the same of Wayne's World? Like would would we respond? We're we're still in the Grover Cleveland's time machine. Yeah, <laughs> what's the response of those scenes? Do you feel like Tia Carrera coming off stage and? Whoa! Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, I think like, you'd like, have to. It, it just. What do you do? With we that? we've talked about it before. Of like, it, it has to be funnier. Like, it, it, I think some of it. Some of it exactly. is. You know, this you can get away with it doing that in '92 because this is before yeah. all of the like scary movie parodies. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I think right. a lot of those types of movies ran that style of humor into the ground and right. killed those jokes. But like right. this is this is before those jokes got killed. So I think yeah. if you made this movie in in 2020, 2023, whatever, though, I think that the, you know, the, the, the people at the helm of this ship wouldn't wouldn't be reusing those jokes that other people have since like right. ground into dust. Yeah. Uh, that they'd have something a little bit fresher. I, how do you judge the morality of this film, John? What, what is the priest and Buddhist? What are they talking to you about? I mean, I think if, if you're ju- judging it on like a very like Calvinistic by your works are ye judged? Uh, th- this is a uh, uh, this is a very int- like very uh, like iconically Gen X. Uh, you know, like sellouts are the worst uh, morality that uh like flies in the face of you know your your maybe classic uh film morality that's that's very mm-hmm. based in like conservative christianity um mm-hmm. i think judging the film on its own morality i i just, i want to quote the director actually uh she Ooh, she uh she says that one of the things that attracted her to this movie is quote uh these guys are the essence of positive thinking mm. they just think i'm going to have fun in life no matter what uh, and I, I think that is a lot of the appeal. I'm sorry. Of this can, you, can you repeat the last part? You said they think that we're just going to have fun in life no matter what. I, I'm going to have fun in life no matter what. Oh, is funny. is their like is their like you know motto? 
and and that's that's how she viewed the characters uh and 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 how she was trying to to capture them and and i i I think that that is the vibe of this movie of like it's just a fucking good time uh just a fun yeah Yeah. just just two dudes having fun you you really just gotta they're they're movies that are vibes and this definitely is yeah and like the the friendship is the core of this movie that's why it's like when it gets into the jealous boyfriend like relationship uh you know like stuff that it gets into for the it's the weakest element of the film and it's totally like it it feels necessary for the you know quote necessary for the plot um but yeah it's the core of this movie is their friendship and i think that why it survives uh over those like weak moments oh yeah let's start to a break mickey All right, Sean, Multiverse Casting Couch of Madness. This is a chance for us to call out some of our favorite performances. And do they work in every uh, universe? Um, I got one, Sean. Yeah. I want to give a little love to a character actor, Mike Haggerty. Uh, this is the uh, gentleman with the uh, mustache, <laughs> yeah, with the big bugged out eyes. Uh, I love him in this. What else? I love him in this because he's, he's, he's so really much, familiar. Dude. Yeah, he's a really uh, he's one of those actors that that's a, that's a that guy. Like you've seen him in, in so much. So Martin, he was a uh, I believe he was like Santa Claus and Martin. Uh, he was in the Wonder Years, Seinfeld, The Wayne's Brothers is is a, a small little character part. Hell Austin yeah. Powers, Curb, uh, Deadwood, Entourage, Community. Uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. This guy was everywhere, oh, and God, he has like one he of those. Who was in Community? Uh, oh, I didn't, I didn't get the credit from uh, from Community, That's but fine. he has one be... of those. Yeah, he has, it's, it's this guy that he just has like one of those distinct faces. He, he ended up passing last year in twenty twenty two, but uh, when I saw his face in this one, I was like, oh yeah, I remember that guy. That guy, he rules. <laughs> he a, you know, he rules. So you want to give some love to uh, so some of these people that you know don't normally uh, uh, get a lot of exposure. So Mike Haggerty. Uh, you passed away last year. We, we salute, salute you. you. We salute you, my guy. You know, we miss your face, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> he was pretty awesome. Um, I, I mean, Tia Carrera in this movie is the most yeah. irreplaceable. It, it's yeah. it's bonkers to me. I mean, it's I bonkers should, yeah, to me absolutely. that that I, I don't know if you, you came across this, but Mike Myers wrote that she was Asian into the script. Like, she was always. Oh, I didn't see that. So. Oh, really? Yeah, it was. I assume it's a bit because I mean later on I'll, I'll talk about it. But uh, Myers actually spoke Cantonese. And that's I knew he had to. I was like, "There's yeah. no way so that he can go on this long with it." He's the one. Yeah. He's the one person that actually spoke Cantonese. Like Rob Blow and, T, and even Tia Carrera don't didn't speak Cantonese because she's not. Um, uh, she's Hawaiian. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a little like. Uh. Uh, well, I mean, but, uh, so, but but he, so he he wrote uh, basically he wrote this character as Asian, you know, basically mm-hmm. an Asian rock star. Right. And like you know, she she sings yeah, all of the actual does, parts. Does she does all the performing. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. I I you know I absolutely as love... does uh, I'm sorry real quick as is uh, Dana Carvey in the uh, drums solo. Oh yeah, and, too. And, yeah and, and and that yeah. actually that that leads into the point I was making though is mm-hmm. that like one of the things I love about this movie is that they they lean into the strengths. That's one of the things I want to talk yeah. about in the in the like things I learned about this movie or like yeah. my takeaways yeah, from yeah. it. Um, yeah. But but I I like the way that Penelope captures and her experience in capturing live music, mm-hmm. I think the, the way that she shoots Tia Carrera and allows her to like, she actually looks like she's fucking shredding, you know, like right. I, she, she sells this movie so much and right. she sells the relationship between her character and Wayne so much as believable and like wholesome, really like you get the attraction there because they both fucking rule. Like, right. you know, like, like Wayne, it, 
everybody does kind of worship Wayne for as much of an like a kind of loser outcast as he is. Like mm-hmm. he he has this following. F- you know, he's this very charismatic, charming. Right. Everybody kind of just knows he has his public access television show. He's like, hey, and, you're the guy from Wayne. Throw, yeah, right? and and and, yeah. He, and he still carries this kind of like. And, and honestly, like I I definitely like I, I I'd relate to that a little bit in my little like small town bullshit of like yeah, sometimes yeah. you 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 know coming from L. A. into a small town, and you're like, oh, like big Hollywood guy, and you're like, bro, right, I worked right. on the most garbage <laughs> shit. Like, if you knew how unglamorous my right. life was, like you you know, it's it's. It's not the, the the Hollywood life you think it is, but like so, I, sure. I uh, kind of you know I I giggle at that aspect of it, but I think that uh, that Penelope really lets Tia Carrera just fucking rock and and be like she like she makes the stink faces like when she's playing guitar like I don't I don't know mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. like how, you know like how, fam- mm-hmm. how do you play an instrument I don't I don't actually uh, my brother did. Poorly, <laughs> like the trumpet. <laughs> I remember we all uh, used to laugh at it a little bit. Practice, <laughs> but but like, uh, I, yeah, I was I was an art I was an art kid. I I I played guitar for for a minute, like since I was a kid, and like and mm. that's one of my favorite things about like watching people really shred on guitar, like the stupid right. silly faces. faces. I mean, like yeah. like you know, like Prince mm. was a, you know pretty notorious mm. for that. Like, but like mm. all the great guitarists, I think, make just like goofy ass faces. Performers in general, like, yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think that's what really like Tia Carrera's faces while she's jamming really sell. Like that mm. she's the one doing it. Like she is shredding, yeah. and, and that's why I I, I kind of pick her as the like in every universe like she she is cassandra in this movie i don't i don't think that this movie really really hits the way that it it. does without her in as at the core of it i love your bit about leaning into everyone's strengths because i think you're absolutely right like like letting people just do them myers having this weird world (laughs) these characters Mm -hmm. this character that he invented I, i believe uh even outside of snl this was um i'm not sure if it's what's the chicago comedy troupe is that um second city oh, second city i'm not sure if this is like a second city character he created but i, I know it was I, outside I, I, he this said one of the ones that he auditioned with when i had read that or when i had seen he said uh was it, it was like a, a bit that he did in childhood all the like you know basically right. all the way back to like him doing a bit to his friends like this was right. just like a voice and a character he would put on mm-hmm. uh to make other people laugh and it just kind of grew and developed into the wayne character and that's it's just fascinating like these little weird pockets of people with talent that you know what i mean in unnecessary yeah. places just, while, just while we're on, while we're on that topic did you read yeah. anything about uh how dana carvey kind of how that how he made garth and developed it off of that note i did uh or at least i, I i'm curious so i may have a, a little bit about this but um i know that uh, Dana was the more popular one at SNL and the bigger uh, draw and name, if you can believe that. At one time, Dana Carvey was yeah. the, you know, the the headliner, and uh, so they wanted to pair him with you know another SNL star um, to uh, put this movie in. Or I'm not even sure was this before? Did they have skits? They, they I, I think actually... they yeah they had skits. Like yeah. this character existed uh, on SNL in skit form uh, previous to right. the movies. So they were paired together you know, to kind of buoy Meyer's popularity on the show. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm I'm wondering out of the duo which one works best for you or, or not. Because I will, f- there, there, there are bits that feel as if Meyer's character is more lived in, in a way that uh, Carvey's can and, 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 and yeah. or doesn't. And, and I mean, just like the little mannerisms or um, 
some of the facial expressions are more consistent from bit to bit and from sketch to sketch that make Wayne kind of feel more of a, uh, like I said, a, a well-rounded or, or fully developed uh, persona or mm. an idea. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. And, and, and maybe um, uh, to that point, uh, I know that there was a little friction between the two of them uh, later on in their career. Uh, Dr. Evil being, I guess, a character that, Carvey kind of created, or that was his impression of mm. uh, Lauren Michaels, and uh, the rift in their friendship being him kind of, you know, not only taking that uh, character, that persona for for that movie, uh, but maybe just the rise in popularity from from Myers after you know Wayne's World in that point. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I, I would have loved since, to see fucking Dana Carvey as as Doctor, like you know, that would have been a good yeah as uh, playing Doctor Evil, right? Like, like that, yeah, that play Doctor Evil, that would have been cool. Yeah, that would have been really interesting take on that. Uh, my, my, I, I would have loved that absolutely. Uh, as a obviously as a giant fan of this movie, I it, that's that's really interesting to hear that, kind especially because they don't really continue together after this. And I, I'm I'm wondering no. what are your feelings are. like. You know what I mean? Like I mean, Danny Carvey doesn't really continue on to much after like. But he could have, you know what? I mean? Like you could see him, like you just said, it, it involved in. Oh, he's. The the, awesome I think he's franchise. the funnier. He's the funnier one in this movie. I think, like when you're talking about, like you know, like which which one of these performances like hits for you or whatever. Right. Like I think it. It was. I. I. I kind of had the opposite take. I think uh, Dana Carvey has more going on in like motivation for for garth and he, he pulls jokes out of that i think that's why he's funnier is like he knows a little bit more of like what's going on inside of garth and so he he pulls comedy out of that my my you example like it, my example for character? that being is yeah. the um the scene with the the automated hand uh, you know when Rob Lowe comes up to talk to him while he's working oh, he on has, that like, little like, on, that, like yeah the, he's got the weird right, camera on his right, head and he's right, got the little right. motorized hand yeah 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 uh, Dana Carvey talked about in an interview where his in that scene he was playing it as uh, he was building a robot to kill Rob Lowe and so mm. when Rob Lowe's talking <laughs> yeah, to him like that's right. why he's so nervous and weird. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then when the hand starts moving, that's why he smashes it with the hammer. Is he's like, oh no, it's gonna try and kill him right now before I'm ready. Like I have to mm -hmm. take it out before it takes him out. Right. And so he has like a whole internal like rationale for everything that's going on in the scene that never gets shared, never gets depicted. Uh, and mm -hmm. I, I think that that's that really comes through in in the character. So I, I kind of disagree that I, I think that that Garth does feel very lived in. I think you know Wayne obviously feels a little bit more relatable because his brain functions more closely to a, a normal human brain, um, but <laughs> but like and and the and the things that happen to him are, are are I think supposed to be like the more like classic hero's journey stuff. Right, uh, but right. I I find uh, yeah it, it is interesting that you bring that up about their like future success and stuff because mm -hmm. one I, I I find Dana Carvey and Garth to be the like funnier uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> more lived in character. But also, I I saw a thing. I saw them talking about. I think Dana Carvey talking about how one he based the voice on his brother, uh, and and it was largely because uh, when when he was coming up with the character, uh, Mike Myers told him to just make a make a sidekick that absolutely worshipped Wayne, like that mm. that was the the note that he gave him was that Garth worshipped at Wayne, like worshipped the ground that Wayne walked on, and so. Uh, you know that that was like kind of the starting point, and then he so he based it on his brother, and that's where right. he got some some of the mannerisms, and then it, it kind of compounded and, and developed its own life from there. Okay. Um, 
So it's funny that he was the bigger star and then developed a character explicitly meant to be a sidekick. And then when that when that uh, depiction ended up being the successful thing, then he like ended up being relegated to the sidekick role is a like a weird, tragic irony. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what that really says about them as, <laughs> what did we learn from this? Created. Yeah, absolutely, nothing. absolutely nothing. Because, <laughs> uh, because I feel like it, it's evident that you know Myers has a skill set for creating and living in these you know costumes and characters and and behind prosthetics and creating. You know, he has a knack for you know this these mannerisms um, that that yeah. while outlandish are kind of. Uh, like I, like I said, from from in my reading of it, feel a little bit more um, authentic or, or lived in. Uh, but yeah, well, uh, th- th- that's kind of yeah. Those are those are some thoughts on the performances. So, uh, yeah. Speaking of performances, what what performance would you pick up and drop in another movie? Is is there anything in this movie that you you loved particularly? Yeah, yeah. So I, I would uh, I'd love to drop uh, Ed O'Neill's Glenn, the Makita's manager, into like a Fincher movie, <laughs> like Mine Hunter. <laughs> yeah, I want to s- <laughs> the prequel. Can we? That's what we'll do. We'll do uh, the dark uh, prequel to Wayne's World that explores <laughs> the origins of of manager Glenn. <laughs> Works there twenty four hours a day. <laughs> yeah, so he, he's, a, he's a really fun kid. <laughs> <laughs> he's a real fun character and i like uh i like his bit about just silently or not silently but um uh kind of just confessing these crimes yeah just, <laughs> anybody who will listen <laughs> just it, i mean it, it's almost the same again in the same bit as uh uh once upon a time in hollywood where it's like oh that guy definitely murdered his wife like he killed his fucking oh. wife like every, everybody <laughs> oh, yeah. just knows that brad pitt killed right. his wife like <laughs> It's that say everybody knows manager Glenn has it? some bodies in the basement, <laughs> right, right. but like the coffee's good, so it's all it's chill. <laughs> the yeah. the performance I would I would want to pick up. I mean, it's not necessarily that I would pick up and drop this performance in another movie. I just want to see Rob Lowe do this like slimeball villain again. I, I mentioned it earlier, but mm-hmm. I, I I you know Rob Lowe's been on this like you know he's he's having fun in Parks and Rec and he's 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 mm-hmm. done some dramatic stuff here and there. You know mm-hmm. West Wing, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I I want to see this late career Rob Blow or you know mid to late obviously he's still super young and but like whatever uh, I I want to see current Rob Blow uh, play this slimeball villain again and unless yeah. you know like just a, like just, a just as a departure from his like good, new villain. good guy yeah yeah villain exactly success. that's what when you when you said that earlier I was oh, like oh shit around. this you're you're spoiling my thing but this is perfect because that's what I want to see. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, that's that's pretty good. Uh, if, if you were um, dropped into the main shoes of these uh, main characters, how does this movie play out from there, Sean? Oh, I mean, it depends. Depending on my age, I don't think I fall for the jealous boyfriend bit. Like maybe in my my like idiotic, you know, nineteen year old youthfulness. Okay. Um, I also probably Wait, don't. So then, how does Rob Lowe's character split you and your girl up? Then, like, or like, what is the tension that takes place in the middle of that story? If it's oh, not, yeah. if it's not the jealous boyfriend thing. I mean, I think I would still blow it immediately. I would still piss off the sponsors <laughs> immediately. So I don't think I don't think I would not blow it uh, in in right. some other way. Um, but yeah, I don't. I'm not. I, I'd, I'd piss off the sponsors immediately. Yeah, that's. Oh uh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't say that on our podcast. That you know, hey, you know what, listeners, this is this is exactly why we need your support uh, for this podcast because. 
our chances are of actually like getting like and subscribe yeah. yeah more than like like I mean like and subscribe and share it with your friends for real but like also like maybe uh, check out our Patreon or something because uh, we're not we're not gonna get advertising money listen to us what, what am I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put I'm gonna fuck that up real quick <laughs> <laughs> particularly uh, with this next thing I'm about to say if I if I was dropped into this character or if, if I was dropped into the uh, shoes of the main character in this movie I think I'd be Kanye <laughs> <laughs> I would disrupt. <laughs> Show up to set with a, a black yeah. mask, uh, yeah. just, just pure remind, black uh, jumpsuit. You, you show up Myers to the green that, uh, screen with a green suit on. <laughs> remind Myers that uh, Bush doesn't care about black people. Oh fuck! I stepped on your joke. I'm sorry. You that did, was so you bad. Did, you did. I, bet, I fucked it up. Uh, I thought I knew where you were going with it. I forgot totally about it. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. My bad. I fucked it up. <laughs> oh, shit. Right, let's have some break. On the inside. For clothes that Tristan lost. Ask your podcaster of choice if once weekly Make Me Watch is right for you. Proven to reduce time spent ambling through streaming services and alleviate dull commutes. Follow along our Shot for Shot segment on your social media platform of choice with links provided in the show notes. Make Me Watch. You will. Contact us if you observe any of the following reactions upon exposure. An overwhelming desire to suggest a film, a burning need to correct our pronunciation, or excessive pocket change. Special thanks to Nick and Jay Shoot, Mike from Fail in Hollywood, and Adam from Pocket Together. Additional music provided by Kevin McLeod. Full credits in the show notes below. All right, McGee, shot for shot. Uh, here's a segment in which we just pick some of our favorite shots from the film. I'm going to start us off here. Is the uh, iconic Bohemian Rhapsody ride along. Uh, them head banging in the car. Yeah. I don't know if you would call this thing in, in rock, but you know, in, in hip hop, like when the, when the beat drops, you know what I mean. So yeah. they, when all the instruments kind of like crashing in, like Myers is like doing this thing where he's like holding his hand still, but his head is going like that. It just yeah, it's hilarious. I love this bit. This reminds me so much of you know just just riding with the homies. It, it just you know music's playing. You guys are you just. It, it has that vibe of of, of every teenager's uh, for sure first for sure. car ride. Say it again. Oh, I I was just agreeing with you. Oh yeah, um, uh, first teenagers ride along. Um, it, that seems to be a universal experience from from culture. They, they, they were probably the, doing this in the caveman days. What's the song? What's the song that you were you were bumping? Like you would just scream. Ooh, what you know? Like wh- when you question. when you needed to just scream so a our, song with I your had, boys. So I had a, I had a couple of this like like so when we were really young like when I wasn't even looking. <laughs> we could cut it. You want to retake it? No, no, no. I just realized how embarrassing my choice is, but you, you it's fine. You can kill. It. I'll, I'll throw my. Uh, like I said, this podcast is literally made to show my ass. So, like, why not? Here. Same here. Um, I so there, there would be a couple, and I had like, like distinct memories uh, of certain songs. So, um. Uh, it would be like Tupac, How Do You Want It? But that was like when I was real little. It was like my cousins, like my older cousins. Uh, how do you want it? <laughs> and I just, I remember being in the back seat with this song. And, it, and that was the thing. My older cousin had just gotten his license. And so, it, it, you know, it, it was just like, uh, I don't even know if my brother was there. But it was like me, you know, my older cousin driving, uh, his sister, my other cousin. You know, just, so yeah. we were all kind of, but they're like no adults, like no parents or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. Still like, I'm still like 12 or something. Like, like 11, 12 over that ballpark um so yeah you just i just have that memory of that but when we got older I'm trying to think like so this would have been like 
Carter Two would have been something like Best Rapper Alive would have been like like uh, Ti would have just came out with King <laughs> like it would just been it would have been within that time I go age date myself but it would have been in that yeah, time yeah, yeah. Fifty had just dropped around <laughs> around this time so Get Rich and Die Try Many Men <laughs> oh damn that's a, that's a good <laughs> that, that, damn been another that's funny I should I just showed that song to my partner because that was one of the songs where I was talking about like. You're like man, like Fifty Cent can really like get it. Like yeah. he, he made many men. Like you know, yeah. like he, like he has a classic under his belt. Yeah, like there's just like this. You he could talk his shit. Like he made right, many right. men. Like you, you know. Yeah, so that, that it reminds me of that. Time. It puts me in that place, and I'm like, so no, I, I'm not a uh, um in, in East Coast or Midwest, you know, metalhead. Yeah. But we've all, I think, as teenagers, if you grew up, you had that experience. I'm, I'm with un- your friends in the car. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm unfortunately like gonna like date myself very precisely like somebody's gonna find my birthday by my <laughs> fucking choice here but uh i i remember you know being young my buddies getting their license for the first time and and i i like can vividly remember doing this to uh taking back sunday just some like classic fucking screamo bullshit <laughs> Uh, just like absolute garbage <laughs> shit that I would never put on nowadays. Do you remember uh, the car? Do you remember what kind of, what, what kind of car? I mean, my you know, my right? first car, it like the Murph Mobile. I oh yeah, it, my car was about the same color as the Murph Mobile. Um, yeah. I, I I it was a I can't remember the year, but it was an Oldsmobile Cutlass, and it was that same like powder <laughs> yeah, blue. Cutlass. Oh yeah, baby! I bought it for three hundred dollars <laughs> cash from a buddy of mine. Because right, right. uh, I wanted to have a car like the day I turned sixteen, and that was you know the only thing I could afford uh, the day I turned sixteen. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I had a I had an Oldsmobile Cutlass. I paid three hundred dollars for it, and I eventually rolled into a cornfield. Uh, <laughs> no way, <laughs> as is the Midwest way. Oh yeah, yeah the absolute truth. And like like not like eight months later. Like yeah, <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, so that's my shot, Sean. Oh yeah, oh my shot. Um, I, I I have my my shot that I picked. I think is I both like one of the iconic uh, images and and jokes that gets copied the most is the the Dreamweaver sequence. I picked a shot from the. Oh first, wait, did that uh, start with this film? Was, was that is this? Yeah, this I mean that really. It maybe unless uh, oh I might be wrong. See, I mean because you see this all like, in everything like it's the, the dream. Yeah, right. Is it? You know I, what I mean? I, like, so I, I thought that he was just referencing an old bit from something else. I, if it started with this, that, that's the other thing too. Like, seeing this film in the '90s, you're more aware of this is kind of where that started. I, I, I didn't, I didn't really have an impression on that, so I'm like, that wouldn't have hit me that certain way. Um, I'm like, okay, yeah, that, that's a. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not a hundred percent confident in that, but I would, I mm-hmm. believe that. Yeah, this, I, I mean, it's, right. yeah, and not to fucking compare this movie to Citizen Kane or anything, but it is one of those things where, you know, you can't, it's tough to tell, you know, like we, I mentioned the scary movie, mm-hmm. like, takes a lot of these jokes and runs them into the ground. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, 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 as far as I know, like, they are the, the Dreamweaver bit comes from this movie. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Um, so that's why I picked it as my favorite shot. But also, I think that when I was going through and picking it, um, what I actually loved about this particular shot is you get a little bit of the silhouette of the crowd. Like it, it's it's shot from just below the crowd level, and you can like very faintly see like a fist oh, pumping. Oh, in the background, yeah. 
uh, in the foreground, like in between. Oh, I see it. There's like you, a very also, faint fist pumping. There must be a pumping. band member in the background. Then is that a band member? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a band. There's the the band gotcha. behind them and stuff. But yeah, there's there's a, a very like faint like, silhouetting of that. like the crowd. Um, oh, it, that's is awesome. like is is augmenting the silhouette with like little shot, and I, yeah. I think that's that's Penelope's experience shooting. You know, live did you music. notice that in in um. Uh, how did you watch this film? Did you watch it on your on a TV, on a laptop, on an iPad? Um, I watched it this God time on iPhone. No, no, I, I watched this on on my my TV setup at home. I I watched a streaming on HBO Max this time. Um, this is a mov- a movie that I actually own on DVD, but I couldn't. Uh, I don't believe I still have that DVD. I couldn't find it in my collection. It's did, somewhere. Did you notice that happening in the moment, like the fist pump? Um, I didn't. I literally didn't catch that until you just mentioned it right now, like in the dream review. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. it's really subtle uh, that right. that the crowd is still there. I I don't know that I noticed it in in motion. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I I mean, I was I was just it's just a beautiful shot. Yeah, yeah, good shit, dude. The my my runner up though, is, you know, a little less um. So glad cinematic but i i absolutely love stan makita's donuts uh and and every time they cut to you know the the car pulling wait in. is that a real place i'm not i'm not from no Chicago. they they made it they they made okay. it um for the movie and it, it's it's literally just a tim hortons joke um because tim tim hortons is like a canadian uh coffee donut franchise mm-hmm. it's like you know somewhat famous or whatever mm-hmm. um and so like michael mike myers as a kid growing up in the right. suburbs of Toronto, that this this is based on his experience of you know mm-hmm. growing up in Scarborough, which was outside of Toronto, just like Aurora mm-hmm. is outside of Chicago. Yeah. So he he would go to he would go to Tim Hortons with his friends, and mm-hmm. you know they would fuck around or whatever. So he wanted to make Tim Hortons was like a a hockey player turned coffee donut franchise. So yeah. he basically just made a Chicago equivalent with a Chicago hockey player. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, so yeah. it's it's again just a joke, a really specific joke for no one. Uh, yeah. None of the, one of the many reasons I love this movie. But they actually made a uh, it, they they it's I think it's just a place on like La Cienega that they made up into the Tim Hortons. And a, a couple of years back, they did it for uh, a bit for like I, I think it was like the NHL like All Star Game or something. Uh, they awesome. like they decorated a place to look like Stan Makita's donuts. I, I like it because it, again it. it it feels like again those those um, it's everybody had that decoration spot. That, yeah, or, or just the decorations or signage that you would see around your city. You know what I mean? That, mm-hmm. that would mark it as kind of home for you. There are certain landmarks that feel like home. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not from the Chicago area, but I could see that landmark if I grew up in around that area. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't a real landmark for us. But like we had like uh, I remember I, I went to school in St. Louis for a minute. And we had like Uncle Bill Uncle Bill's Pancake House. Was, was like right? you know Uncle Bill's Pancake House was where you you know three in the morning drunk as shit right. like that's where you stumble into and get a, a table for a bunch of rowdy kids like yeah right. you know were you watching hockey were you a hockey kid like did you I, street I played hockey street hockey uh, I played a lot yeah. of street hockey um yeah. the I love the 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 scene of them playing hockey in the street but uh yeah I, no I, I played a lot of street hockey I didn't like watch a lot of hockey but yeah I, I mm-hmm. live on skates like I I still I love skating I, I want to get a yeah. pair. I, I love uh, camera operating on on rollerblades, you know, because all my time playing street hockey. Yeah, see, that's another staple. It feels like in these um, 
like early '90 metalheads is, is how prevalent hockey is, you know, from, from yeah. film to film. Like, I don't, we, I, I'm accurate, like yeah. accurate to my lived-in experience for sure. I don't know why, but it it, it was true to me too. Yeah, not that I'm a metalhead by any means. <laughs> uh, best use of craft uh, filmmaking in this movie, McGee. What's your favorite VFX technique, behind the scenes footnote, best use of sound? Yeah, what you got I, for us? I, there's a, there's a uh, a little like editing. It's a footnote from the behind the scenes, and it, it's my best, uh, uh, my favorite use of craft here in mm-hmm. one. Uh, the when the bit when they're on the car hood talking and and yeah, garth playing. makes the joke about uh well specifically when garth makes the joke I about read, bugs bunny's yeah, cross-dressing yeah that's <laughs> uh the the laugh that uh mike myers has in response right. is him like losing it in another you know like they yeah. were just he just had the giggles and couldn't right. stop laughing and she wanted to it got a bigger i'm sorry no, but so she 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 cuts in just the audio of his like unhinged giggles laugh <laughs> yeah. into his response to make it sound more genuine, and that that's just such a brilliant uh, way to to cut that in, and, and that, that really speaks to her instincts as a filmmaker and her talent as an editor, like fucking pro move. Yeah, I'm sorry I stepped on that, but yeah, I read that same thing too, and I, I was curious as to why. Do you think that was the funniest take of Dana's? And she wanted, obviously, she wanted to laugh on that take. But do you not think the take that Dana gave her, or whatever the bit was that made Myers laugh that hard? Well, it's, she, she was. They, he was saying that the the laugh is from when he just had the giggles. Like it was not even in response to that joke. No, that's what I mean. Like, but like, but you think, like, if you watch the if you watch the actual like take that she uses, he's saying no and laughing. Mm-hmm. But so I th- I think that what they actually did I think she actually just took the audio I think that that video like the visual of him that we're looking at is right. actually in response to uh, like Dana the saying Bunny the Bugs Bunny bit and uh-huh. I think she just cuts in the audio of the unhinged laugh over uh-huh. him doing his fake laugh. Do you feel like the unhinged laugh, like the response for that, would have been bigger? Like if we would see that. Yeah, I, I mean, it sounds more like when your friend catches you off guard with a joke. Like, we, you but know, then why do you think why use why not fun. use the bigger footage take? I wonder. Oh, like, why not mm. use the take then that it's like the more explosive take? That, that that's what. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it works with him doing the like no and then laughing. <laughs> uh, but I, I found I mean, it curious. I, yeah, I, 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 I read I, that same thing and I had that thought. I was I was just wondering. I was like, uh, I don't, I thought, I don't know. Why I mean, it, that's have. an interesting question. I, it's, it's tough to tell without actually seeing like you know what she was cutting around or whatever. But right. I, I think the result that she ends up getting is a really good i mean it's a great depiction of their friendship like mm-hmm. i and we talk about like you know garth's meant to worship uh wayne right but it that that moment shows like them just making each other fucking laugh like make you know two friends on the hood of their car by themselves just trying to make the other one absolutely lose their shit laughing is right. is, is is one of those like universally uh, universally shared experiences that is is core to the the you know soul of this movie. Oh yeah, uh, you know what? Just really quick, I have a uh, um, a note on this. It's just in that similar in that same sequence. Excuse me. It's the plane kind of drowning out their conversation or drowning out the jokes. I just like the use of that sound design. Yeah, 
Uh, that's your favorite use of sound in the, yeah, in the movie? I mean? Yeah, so just the the, the, uh, the interplay between the plane, the sound, yeah. and their conversation. The, I th- and I think so really the handle really breaks well. off, and you have to get a doctor <laughs> to pull it out again. I wish I remembered the lines. Uh, <laughs> I, I have every line burned into the <laughs> core of my cortex here. Uh can I call uh, out one more, one, one, one last thing? Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Wise, uh, Stacy's stunt crash over the car. Like oh, the, the, she, the, that's a yeah. full send. Oh my god, that looks. I, I, I'm not sure if that's. I don't. I don't think it's the actress, but I couldn't find. Um, you know, her stunt double for that. Scene. Yeah, there uh, there's some one. stunt people credited on the movie. I'm, I wasn't sure yeah. exactly who to credit with that, but it it, I, I did actually rewind and look at that too because that was a. I mean, it's definitely a, a stunt woman. Um, if it's yeah. not, I assume it's not. You wouldn't have the actress do that because that's that was a right. that was a good yeah. full yeah. send crash, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. they do the old Texas switch. Yeah, uh, you know she where she falls. falls yeah, car. she falls below the car, <laughs> and then, then pops up. Uh, up. So you yeah. have a chance to switch from your stunt woman right. to your actress. Um, I I love that. I mean, there's there's I think the, the like we mentioned the Dreamweaver. It, that's like that's still using music, but it's still you know such an iconic use of the music. Um, mm-hmm. The, there's an, a, a tiny little audio gag that I love where Garth is in the background with a straw inside of his donut and they just add the like slurping soda sounds. is <laughs> uh, is just a, a nice little bit of audio design yeah. joke. <laughs> That's pretty good. I I mean we okay so the the ending of this movie uh obviously is a, is a weird one. How do you how do you think does it stick the landing? All right, so this is this is uh, I'm gonna tag something you said earlier. Uh, we had an episode of our Knights of Capri episode where you felt that the last scene really kind of pulled it all together for you. I had almost an exact same experience here, where I feel like the hellscape scene uh, or her, you know, coming in and, and the the producer saying, "Well, I like you, but yeah, I, don't, I think it's a bad time." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you ruined my career, and then the house exploding, and then them being on the beach together. I laugh so fucking hard. <laughs> <laughs> and it really kind of like <laughs> the whole journey of that's her getting so to this funny. point. And I thought that's how he was going to end the movie. <laughs> and I was just going to be like, oh, that's brilliant. Dude. <laughs> like, I love that. Um, Dude, he just torpedo it. it in, yeah. yeah. I actually even really like going to the Scooby-Doo ending. You know what I mean? So yeah. that, that's kind of. So that, that totally worked for yeah, you. Absolutely. So, that's and that's so more funny. what I'm talking about, like the deconstruction of, of everything. Like him going to deconstruct an ending of a film, you know what I mean? Or an ending uh, yeah. of a style film. And I wish he had. I, 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 I don't want to say you know, what, what do I want to say the, in, the ending that he goes with or how the film ends is the more conventional take on it so you know he, he gets the mm-hmm. you know he gets the girl he gets the, the uh, his show back his yeah. friendships you know they're, they're, uh, they're friends again you know he's doing the thing that he wants to do so that's a but more even, conventional take, and I, even and I, that I, they they ham it up though because they Rob Lowe does his like speech where he's like oh, right he can have you know like they yeah. they they, they, they yeah. can't they can't just yeah, leave it as sincere that he has to take it over that's the true. top that's true because that was going to be my my kind of critique a little bit is I wish the ending had been as unconventional as the film had been throughout. You know what I mean? Like I, if you were to end it on that hellscape thing, like if credits came up on that, I don't yeah. like, oh, that's awesome. Like, that, that's that's funny. Cause I, I think that it did not, it just didn't, it, that that's actually the, probably one of the parts that didn't work for me the most is I didn't really quite get why it ends on the, just like, the fishy, fishy. Or, you know, yeah, I did. I, that's the, the fish gill thing. I, I didn't know I, if that was. A, if that was. A, I'm uh, sure. Yeah, some '90s ass or, like yeah, fucking. You know, it, it feels very like Bart Simpson. Uh, right. But like, 
Uh, but I, th- I think what you're getting at, though, and I, I like that the sentiment that you're getting at and what they land on, too, the, the deconstruction aspect of it, too. Because right. even in the, like, sincere, like, mega happy ending, right? they're like, we can't keep this up. Like, we can't even fake this smile. Like, this is right. too stupid. Like, let's just, right. let's just end it. This is dumb. There's got to be a meta commentary on, on something yeah. that's going so on. So that's, that's really funny. I, I, I did not expect that you that was going to be, that that yeah. was going to work for that you. Favorite, favorite. That that actually made me laugh out loud. Like, I, I was like, oh, that's that's funny. That's so funny. I, my <laughs> favorite, <laughs> what part, what worked for me the most about the mm-hmm. ending, and, and the, the especially the, like, Scooby-Doo ending, I love that right. they commit to, dropping old man withers in the beginning of the movie i don't know yeah i cut that so i've watched it twice now i've watched the first wing worlds twice for this podcast Um, yeah and i and i didn't because when they when he does it at the end i just thought it was you know a random old person that they got and it wasn't until like he's at makita's donuts that i noticed in the (laughs) second watch and i was like oh that's that's where he planted it Uh, yeah they did a similar they did a similar uh, call and response, or, or they sow the seeds of the producer hearing things on the TV, or that he mm-hmm. dropped. Remember, Chris Farley mm-hmm. has all that information. Yeah. Like, oh, and then, I don't and know if that'll be used. They even so he like, yeah, does a call out of one of those. Yeah, he does I'm it sorry, twice because yeah. in the in, yeah when he's like, man, yeah. that's, that's that's that security guard has an awful lot of information. And then right. later when they're coming up with the plan, he says, "Aren't we glad we got all that extra information yeah, from the right. security guard? Sure seemed extraneous at the time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's like he did one, but he didn't do." it for this joke so it didn't necessarily not that it didn't land because i think it's fun on the rewatch to say like oh he su- very yeah. very subtly planted him in there and if you're you know uh um a keen-eyed viewer then you're gonna kind of pick up on oh that was the old yeah guy so, it, it's and he leaving something the, for the rewatch the, right 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 so yeah i was i was on board for that yeah, i love that funny. uh mcgee what what uh what big name filmmaker has this blu-ray on their shelf there's got to be a ton of people who were affected and and love this movie <laughs> I mean, I, I already mentioned, like, obviously the fucking scary movie guys, like, stole as many jokes as they could from this and, and ran it mm-hmm. into the ground. I mean, you know, nothing. And stolen. by that, you mean the Waynes, like the Waynes, or as far as, like, the early scary movies? Or I, I would say, like, the later ones are more uh, more guilty of this. And and, and I, I say stole, like, you know, like, dismissively. Oh, like, great but, like, steal. But it, exactly. Everything is yeah. stolen. I mean, <laughs> right, right. for sure. I didn't I did I not. I didn't mean a, that as any as any disrespect yeah. at all. I was watching uh, Eight and a Half the other night, and you know that's where Tarantino gets the the dance for Uma Thurman and uh, and uh, yeah. John Travolta. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, great art. Hey, steal, everything's man. remix. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, fucking Jim Jim Cameron uh, uses mm-hmm. Tia a couple years later in True Lies. Oh, uh, that's one of the Cameron films I haven't seen yet. You haven't seen True Lies? No, no, that that might True have Lies. to be on. No, no, no. Yeah, so I mean, I don't, I don't. True Lies isn't seen, exactly like near and dear to my heart, but it would be films. interesting. It'll be interesting to talk about. I, we might have to put yeah, that yeah. on the list at some. We might have to go like a camera for Cameron because I know that uh, Titanic's a blind spot for you. Ooh, too. we could do yeah. a camera <laughs> for Cameron because yeah, I've never watched be, uh, Titanic. You've never watched yeah. True Lies. That's a good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It'd be all right. Interesting to talk about a director over two episodes. <laughs> I, yeah, that's a really we, we haven't yeah. seen. We'll do our yeah. little like mini blankies. Uh, yeah, yeah, hell yeah. What about you, dude? You got anybody that you think has this on the shelf? All right, so one of the more interesting people I could think of that that may have this on their shelf, and it's how I kind of was aware of some of the quotes and whatnot from this movie is uh, Lil Wayne. So like during his mixtape <laughs> run era <laughs> of of the uh, mid you, to late two thousands, or you know what I mean, like like Wayne would like he had a he had a mixtape I want to say called Wayne's World, and it maybe it has like some of these like. Um, audio drops in the in the mixtape oh, or something wow. like that so i knew some stuff about wayne's world That's or like so some funny. quotes or lines and like i said like I, i've seen the bohemian rhapsody you know just that clip um 
on on what like top ten blah 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 whatever film school yeah yeah, yeah. or whatever. Um, so I, I knew bits and pieces, but uh, yeah, Wayne definitely has this on his. Uh, That's Blu-ray so show. funny. Wow, <laughs> yeah. I would Yeah, I mixed the. I, I've only recently started to to dig into Lil Wayne. To be quite honest, he he missed me in, oh, in really? the in the beginning. Oh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta put through you my my right. the fault of my own uh, for sure. Right. Uh, gotta get some hot boys to listen to. Oh yeah 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 absolutely <laughs> put me on uh yeah. put me on what I should be listening to because because I've I've liked what I have what I've dug into so far um yeah, recently. That's but yeah, that that's a uh, that's not anything I expected you to to be bringing up in this segment. Absolutely love it. <laughs> I do. I have one thing. Uh, I I alluded to it earlier, and mm-hmm. I wanted to go back to it. We we talked briefly about like you know, uh, the, the leaning into the strengths part. This, that's something that mm-hmm. I I didn't. I definitely wanted to to bring up because it's it's one of my favorite parts about filmmaking, mm-hmm. and and I think some of the key one of the key things to think about as an up and coming filmmaker and, and somebody like trying mm-hmm. to get their own movie made. Mm-hmm. I think um, that especially in your first movie, when you're leaning into like your voice as an artist, you have to lean into what you know and what makes your voice special. Mm-hmm. And I think that like, you know, Mike Myers knew this is his first movie. You know, he wrote in the Cantonese bit cause he knew he spoke Cantonese. And then, you know, he made his, the love interest Asian and he, and he, you know, he leaned into that, it to make the and and the movie became a little bit more unique because of it and because of that yeah, perspective. Absolutely. The same way he talked about Dana Carvey playing drums, and so you have that bit where you mm-hmm. see him just like rock out, and it, it gives a little bit more authentic authenticity to these characters and and, and who absolutely. they are in this music scene. Uh, you know, same thing with Tia Carrera actually being able to sing and play, like we were talking about earlier. Like mm-hmm. they they lean into the things that these people are good at and, and the things that that make them unique as as artists and and let the movie you know showcase that stuff and that's how you get mm-hmm. something unique and strong especially when you're coming out uh at trying to come out with your first movie you know obviously they thought yeah mike myers has been on snl or whatever but this is his first feature film um but yeah that, that that's something that i think is an important lesson that's something that i try and think about when i'm when i'm thinking about like what i want to get made is like right. what makes me unique as an artist what's the vision i have and also what do i have access to what what are the resources right. who do i know that's good at shit what's a right. cool place that i have like you know like you you write to the resources that you have like you have a fucking school bus like write a school bus into your fucking script like mm-hmm. you have a warehouse that you think looks awesome you better have a scene in that fucking warehouse like right you know write right to your strengths I love that. Um, all right. We've talked a lot about this movie. We've talked a lot about this movie's place in film history. Uh, what What do you think? Like, do you think it's earned its place? Do you think it's going to survive the, the decades? You, they'll be talking about it in, in film school later. Uh, certainly. Will film school like exist is a different case. question, I guess. But like, <laughs> Some of them, um, no, no, absolutely. I think I, I believe the duo of Wayne and Garth um, are inarguably iconic. You know what I mean? Like they've yeah. endured, they've endured the decades. Um, you, you you see that from have like, they? I think Do Garth, kids know? Do kids know no, about you know, this? Movie? I'm, I'm not sure if, if so many, but I'm 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 assuming our generation millennials yeah. would know. The they've uh, popped up, you know, again in 2019 for. The, uh, to present the Oscar for Bohemian Rhapsody, you know, the rapturous applause. Oh, know, I didn't, got I didn't up know. Off the season. Yeah, yeah, they did their characters. Fun. for. And uh, I know Dana Carvey was just in, like, a either it was a DoorDash or an Uber Eats ad as um, 
as uh, Garth, do you know what I mean, uh, <laughs> doing his thing in the basement? Uh, do you see De Niro doing his taxi driver character for an Uber ad is a, a no. headline I saw recently. It's just no. like, uh, my poor man, do you need money that bad? Like, you can't take it with you. It's all good. He's got a divorce he's going through. The man. <laughs> fucking, how expensive is his, What what are your tastes, Robert? Bobby. <laughs> Let's talk to you for a minute. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, not that I, I would say I love them having to reprise, you know, old roles and, yeah. and let's get up here and do a song and dance with you guys again. But I do feel like the how iconic, you know, that, that's, the, that's the Wayne's hilarious. World hat. Or their, what? Oh, just the moral of this movie being like selling out to corporate stooges and then them reprising the characters for like Uber <laughs> Eats or whatever is like really fucking shameful. Uh, I mean, because I, 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 I talked about, yeah, this this movie is like the one of the like iconic, I think, Gen X uh, like, mm-hmm. you know, fuck sellouts attitude. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, it is kind of funny to think about, you know, them them cash and checks on these but characters. But I don't, I don't all, all together agree that it's a bad thing. I don't, like, uh, as far as, like, oh, that's chilling, uh, well, yeah. you know what I mean? I mean, that's, that's the fucking, look, we're just, getting let me, let me uh, say into this really the, quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah just really, really quick, let me just say this. Um, like, Mike Myers, t- t- what, what the work that that Myers and, and Carvey did to sort of develop movies, like you said, the, uh, him having to take this character from a sketch show into... Uh, you know, live action and the work that they've done to sort of make these characters endearing and, and, and kind of breathe life into them and make them a duo in which we can comment on, you know, decades after the movie's release. That is kind of special. And I, I think that work does uh, deserve to kind of get rewarded or applauded or if, if you want to, you know, kind of pay Dana for to, to just sit on a couch and do his day. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Fuck it. like, yeah, go ahead, dude. Like, you you earn that, I feel like, in terms of, of uh, like... Being a writer, I, being a creator, you know, yes. being a performer and developing I, something that is I like definitely this, this don't. last the test of the time. I, I I agree with you for sure. I it, it's a generational divide, I think, between yeah. the 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 generation before us that is a little bit more like don't sell out, and then right. you know, shit got a little bit more expensive when we came of age, and so it became right, a little right. bit <laughs> selling right. out was a little bit less of yeah. a, a a crucial sin. I mean, don't uh, chill to businesses you don't you know align with. Like you know, you're not going to see me promoting like mind comfort something like that you know what i mean like, yeah you i mean try to sell it to assholes but if pizza hut's gonna pay you know somebody, yeah, I, I, yeah yeah go ahead all right fucking uh stoners love some pizza some hut. sports book what are the what are one of those sports betting fucking oh uh tra- when uh, DraftKings comes a call DraftKings, in for the yeah, podcast yeah. are we gonna cash yeah, that check yeah. But see, that's the thing is I don't really do a lot of sports betting. I, I wouldn't mind it, but it w- I would be more inclined to do something. It's for like, so annoying. Know. I think it's so terrible for broadcast though. Like the right. the the fucking UFC fights where they have like live odds on the bottom feels so mm-hmm. fucking gross. Like I mean, watching you know fucking. Do you feel that way about Vegas? Like if you go to Vegas, do you feel that same way too? Like do you do any kind no? Of but them or? them announcing it on the broadcast as part of like oh, a spot. Yeah. That's where it's a, that yeah, crosses the line for me. Uh, where that shit that that shit yeah. feels nasty. <laughs> yeah, I, I can kind of see what you could. Something interesting to me that I I. <laughs> <laughs> An interesting thing I found in the in leading up to this podcast, I I found uh, Siskel and Ebert uh, talking about this a clip on their their mm. TV show talking about Wayne's World, and they both mm. fucking loved this movie, which I was yeah. really pleasantly surprised to see. Yeah, yeah. Um, I read Ebert's review. I think like three stars or something like that. Yeah. Oh three yeah, three really. Yeah. They, Siskel uh, calls it out as having like specifically like something for everyone. Like he was saying, mm. like if you're a film nerd, if you're mm. music nerd. 
Like, yeah. you know, it's it appeals to the like suburban life, like being a yeah. teenager. Like you know, they they both were just absolutely in love with the movie. They they were saying it's like more this the humor was more sophisticated than they expected. Yeah. It was it was very pleasantly uh positive. Um and, and and it is like we we talked about this like yeah it's a rarefied kind of mm-hmm. air that this movie sits in where it mm-hmm. came out of the gate yes. kind of out of nowhere not really yes. low expectations and yeah. uh, it, it became this kind of cultural phenomenon and then has still right. aged well thirty yeah. you know we're revisiting it now thirty one years didn't even think about that dude that's exactly like doing something that's wholly uniquely you but it's still kind of clicking with everybody so and then and then thirty one like, yeah. years later it, yeah. it's still like yeah. doesn't You're feel gross the to, to yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so like that that's that a really like you know yeah. it, 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 interesting. It, I didn't think about that in the, this movie I think it was a silly kind of lighthearted choice that I wanted to make but. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I, that is the kind of the core of why I think this movie has had the staying power that it's had in yeah. my heart, and why I wanted to to share it with you. So Great I'm point. I'm I'm really fucking glad that you you enjoyed it as as much as you did. I think fa- had fair criticisms of it, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I'm glad that you gave it a chance. And, and any I'm, any again, closing thoughts here? Yeah, this is gonna be we're gonna kind of say this ad nauseum between the two of us because. I, I'm not sure I would have been motivated enough to go watch this or seek this movie out on my own. Um, you know, so to, to have somebody force me to sit down and watch this movie, like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta see this and, and to talk about it with a good friend. I'm like, yeah, this is, this is a perfect way for me to kind of experience Wayne's world for the first time. Hell uh, yeah. So they kind of knew tangentially, yeah. but like now I'm like, okay, yeah, no, I, I, I see, uh, I see what's going on here. <laughs> so yeah, thank you, no, brother. That's the beauty uh, of the podcast that we've made. I love it. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that is the, the, the core conceit of the show. And, and, right. and that's like so much that's having some fun here with, with my bud. So that, Absolutely. That's, that's great. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Speaking of which, what am I looking yeah, forward yeah. to next week? What are you forcing me to watch? Here are some exciting coming attractions. All right, so next week, uh, Sean said something to me as we were developing the show uh, over the course of a few months. Um, one of the uh, categories I wanted was, hey, did you like the film or did you not like the film? Sean was uh, vehemently protested that because he said, I don't have feelings. You know, they're a little bit more nuanced. I, you know, I, I, I like parts of it. I like this. I like that. So I was like, you know what? I got you. I got you. We're going with a director where <laughs> I know there's going to be some contention. I know there's going to be a little bit of a struggle because it's a, a work of art that I'm still kind of working out. Um, so I'd be curious to have the conversation with you. Going with 2022's Babylon, oh, written man. and directed by Damien Chazelle. <laughs> it's the logline from Google as follows. Decadence, depravity, and outrageous excess lead to the rise and fall of several ambitious dreamers in the 1920s Hollywood industry as they begin to transition from silent pictures to the world of sound. So that'll be the, uh, the film right. next week. <laughs> Damien's latest masterpiece. Let's go, Babylon Hive. <laughs> we here. Babylon Hive. We'll see. We'll see if you finally... If if, if, you, if you make a convert out of me, then that's something. Because I was not a fan of First Man. I uh, was pretty disappointed. There. La La Land, I'm, you know, not a, it's, it wasn't for me. I, I'm not... That's all I'll say about that, so... We'll see. We'll see about this. I'm excited. (laughs) Whatever whatever happens. (laughs) We'll see. I'm not making any promises. It'll be a hell of an episode. That's all I'll promise. He's going to have his Nikes and his his cup cup of Kool-Aid. He's joining the battle. All right, guys. (laughs) Next week. Next week. Hey, if you made it to the end of our show, you're the real MVP, and we want to thank you. 
If you want to reach out to us, email us at makemewatchpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on all your socials at makemewatchpodcast. Links are in the show notes. If you rate and review, shout out to you. Thanks. I'm going to tell you a little something. Sean doesn't want you to know there's exclusive content on our Patreon page where you can go to support the show, but you didn't hear that from me. Anyway, artwork by Supply Box, theme song by Soul Spy. Coming soon, folks. Thank you.